there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one pure page of Talmud every day. I'm going to be honest here, guys. We have studied quite a bit about issues of purity and impurity in the Torah and Talmud, and yet along comes a page like today, Yavamos 73, and right off the bat, the first thing you read really, well, you know, have a listen. It is further stated, and the pure person shall sprinkle upon the impure. The verse states, pure. This indicates by inference that he is in some way ritually impure. In other words, the verse speaks of one who is pure only in relation to one who is impure. Were this not the case, there would have been no need at all to mention his purity, as it would have been understood that since the red heifer is called a sin offering with regard to which purity is paramount, the one performing the ritual must be pure. Of necessity, then, this pure individual is not completely pure in all regards. This teaches that one who immersed himself that day is fit to perform the rites connected to the red heifer. Are you confused by this pure only in reference to impure business? Well, I am too. And when I get really confused, I call one man, my friend, my teacher, and yours. Rabbi David Bashevkin, how are you, my friend? Leo, what a joy. And I'm just, I'm there with you. This is not a simple tractate. This is not a simple page. And I just want you to know that I empathize with you. I am here for some Talmudic healing. I could use a story right now in the Talmud, like where did they go? Oh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is fairly, fairly difficult stuff. But I find this passage to be absolutely fascinating and really relevant for the moment that we are in. What the Talmud is saying is that there is a ritual for the most severe type of ritual impurity, what's known as Tummah. And that ritual is actually sprinkling the ashes of the red heifer, that red cow. And it needs to be sprinkled by somebody pure, somebody who is not ritually impure, and they sprinkle it on them. And the Torah makes explicit point that the person who sprinkles it needs to be pure, and they sprinkle it on somebody who is impure. And then the Talmud makes an absolutely fascinating derusha. It makes a fascinating extrapolation from the Torah's specifying that this person must be pure. It learns from this that, look, the Torah's pointing out that this person needs to be pure. It must be that this specificity is coming to tell us that there are aspects of their life that are still somewhat impure, that they're not perfect, that the purity is only found through contrast. And that is why the Talmud tells us that the person who sprinkles these ashes and does the ultimate ritual to make somebody pure can even be somebody who just came out of the mikvah, who just arose and still hasn't yet gone through a day's worth of time to complete the purity process. Even such a person with such temporal, newly found purity can still be the one to lead this process. And there are so many contemporary imagery for what this means in our lives. Look, let's I'll level with you. You know, I'm not I'm not holding any secrets from you. We no longer, and I hope you're sitting down for this, we no longer do this ritual of sprinkling the ashes of the red heifer. 
But I'll tell you something we do do, and that is look for purity in our lives. We do have moments in our lives where we look for somebody to give us guidance, who has some wisdom, who has some direction in their lives, and to help us find a way out of our own impurity, whatever that may mean in our individual lives. And when you look for such a person, very often we make two mistakes. Number one, we want to find somebody who's been pure their entire lives, who embody a type of holiness that seems it's, it's never gone wrong for them. They always seem to have it right. And the Talmud is telling us something, no, 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 no. The person who leads this process of purity, they don't need to have been pure for the duration of their entire lives. Even if they've been pure for for five hours, for five minutes, that is enough. That even a almost temporal, like somebody who just became, just found the way, that is enough to be considered pure and to have holiness in your lives. Sometimes we look at our lives and say, we're not going to feel any sense of direction and clarity and loftiness, spirituality, whatever the heck you want to call it. It doesn't bother me. Use whatever adjective you want. Press Shift F7 on your Microsoft Word document for ritual purity and get whatever word that means in your life. It doesn't mean that you've always been this way. Sometimes to attain that and feel that, it could only be five minutes, and that is enough. Five minutes of purity is enough to lead yourself and even someone else and give that guidance and give that direction in your life. And the second thing that I think emerges from this, which is so beautiful, is the very language of the Talmud over here, Tahor, the fact that he is pure, Michlal Shehutame. It tells us, it is an indication to us that there was some impurity in their lives. Very often, the loftiness, the greatness of somebody can only be seen in contrast. If you want to know somebody who's really holy and really lofty, don't look at their places of greatness. Look at their places of difficulty and challenge, and through that contrast, you'll really be able to highlight what they've achieved, and what they have attained in their own spiritual lives. Tahor, that they are holy, michlal shahutame. It is an indication that there's some impurity there, because the only way to really ascertain and figure out what we've achieved is by contrasting to the ritual impurity that we've had to break through in our lives. And I think that's what's so beautiful about this passage of Talmud, that holiness, it doesn't need your entire lives. It can just be five minutes. And holiness, if you really want to see someone's spiritual measure, look at the contrast. Look at what they've been up against. Look at what they've had to break through. Look at what they've had to transform in order to attain that glimmer and glimpse of holiness in their own lives. Rabbeinu, as always, you have greatly comforted us. Rabbi David Bershevkin, thank you so much for being our guest today. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. 
Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.